spooky, scary skeleton season, and the season two boys are back in town. That's yeah. right. It's season two, and as you can see, we've severely upped our production value. You hear the spooky sounds in the background? That's going to be a normal thing on the show now. Hello, and welcome to the pod, people, the show where it's spooky season all the time, every day of the week. I'm the big bad habit, Matisse Van Rossum. And I'm uh, Sister Act 3, ain't having none of that, Ben Sheets. And we're excited to welcome back onto the show our good friend, Cleveland Mosier. It's good to be back. Now that Cleveland is uh, our neighbor here in Durham, um, you can expect to hear him on the show more frequently, I hope. Nice to have a third perspective. Season two, bigger and better. Season two, (laughs) stronger and... Stronger. And hungrier. Like we promised last week, we're here to talk about the nun. More like the nun of that made any sense. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a nun starter. But that's just a nun sequitur. Ooh. Ooh, coming off hot with those season two puns. This is the most recent installment in the Conjuring cinematic universe, uh, which is something that is a thing. Um, (laughs) As wild as that is to think about, I guess it started with, it's weird that the Conjuring cinematic universe started with Insidious, that it's not just the Insidious cinematic universe. But I guess all the spinoffs are just from the Conjuring movies. Um, The Conjuring is arguably the only good one. (laughs) The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, (laughs) But if you saw The Conjuring 2, if you didn't, that's fine. But if you did see it, you'll recall that um, there was a scary nun. Sure was. That made some scary faces and some scary noises and uh, someone had the scary eyes, had the scary eyes and somebody flew out of a window. And then uh, audiences were like, yes, I need more of this character. I need to know how this nun got so goddamn scary. And that's why we have this movie. Yeah, because this movie Gives us none of that backstory. I'm gonna say let's uh let's not stop with the, the the linear progression there. Let's let's move on to what happened in the writers' room afterwards. <laughs> like uh, there was there was a definite moment in the making of this film where they had the their their team of focus tests testers, aka writers, in a, in a collective, and they they all they all gathered around with their hoods and consulted the book of tropes. <laughs> I think actually probably what they did is uh they slaughtered t- goat. They no, they took all their writers to like uh like a state fair in like Nebraska or something. Yeah. And they had one of those uh House of Horror rides where you sit in the little in the little go karts and they they putz you through a spooky scary tunnel. Yeah, took a bunch of mescaline and they just yeah. They just put them put mm-hmm. all the writers on one of those and then when they came out the other side uh, the director was standing there in front of them, legs akimbo, hands on hips, and said, <laughs> gentlemen and maybe ladies, this is the film that we're trying to make. When I imagine a writer's room for this movie, I just envision like a 
room full of fat, failed childrens just guzzling down candy corn. When I imagine a writer's room for this film, I imagine uh, the spirit Halloween store the day after Halloween. Yeah. When I imagine the writer's room for this movie, I imagine an empty room. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just, it's just mannequins yeah. with with cheap Halloween costumes on yeah. them, positioned I mean, around a table. I mean, if we're being real, I think this movie was definitely made with a spreadsheet of where they they first focus tested people who'd wa- who 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 loved the genre, and they asked them what their favorite films were. They took a pooling and then put all those films into a spreadsheet, and then it random selected scenes and quotes from those movies. And just it was just them written by an algorithm? Yeah, it was just written by... It's like yeah. it's like that scene in Cabin in the Woods when all yes. of the people are betting on what cursed artifact the the kids are going to touch, and they have, a, they have a betting pool, except in this one, it was like... Uh, they had like a like a board on the ground, and they cut off a chicken's head, and then they had the lifeless corpse dance around the board until it fell onto the main trope for the next scene. Oh yeah, they no, had no, a bowl. They had a think... bowl of ideas, but they just had no, no, candy it, corn in it you, instead you, of you, ideas. You're right at the truth, though. The cabin in the woods exists in this universe. It's part of the. It's part of the franchise. That's what it is. I think you might be right. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. We've Joss Whedon a- is the, the mastermind behind this entire franchise. We've stumbled it's upon not even- something huge. Yeah. James Wan is an am- anagram or something. They're already coming for us. Yeah. It's too late. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Where to even Where to start? start uh, well, okay. let's start right at the beginning. So this movie starts <laughs> and it's cut like a trailer to be- at the very beginning because they cut to like a sequence Showing stuff from the original movie to emphasize, hey, this is... In case you forgot what this movie is. This is a Conjuring adjacent movie. Yeah, they they showed the the folks from The Conjuring. Yeah. (laughs) And they did this, of course, after all of, like, the, like, production titles come up and stuff at the beginning. And Ben leans over to me and is like, that's a really long introduction for a trailer. I'm just like, dude, this is the movie. <laughs> well, it's cut exactly it like a no, trailer. No, you're right. It is cut like a trailer. And it never stops being cut like a trailer either. Like, the entirety of this movie is just jump cuts and... I th- I think trailers are cut a little better yeah, than this yeah. movie. Credit You're giving a little, m- right. <laughs> a little credit too to much trailers. credit to this movie. And then immediately after that... We cut to the the prologue scene where there's two nuns in a tunnel filled with what looked like cardboard cutout crosses, and there's like a fog machine rolling, Just dry and ice. they have candles, yeah. and that's when I leaned over to Ben and said, this looks like a haunted house, and... <laughs> It never stopped. And it no, like the the set design of this movie it is just like a like a haunted house. Every fucking set piece, every single one of them, just all looks incredibly cheap. Really cheap. Really uh, cliche and corny. Lots of candles and like spooky, scary skeletons lying around, yeah. and lots of lots of dry ice and fog machines. Really, and shit. really cannot emphasize cliche that word enough over this film there is not a single piece of dialogue or event that occurs in this movie that that is there's no normal sense of cause and effect in any of this movie either 
Like it's Character just a string like, of spooky scenes. Spooky events. There's there's like no None. plot in this movie. <laughs> no characterization. <laughs> there's there's a loose framing narrative about some dude from the Vatican and Tysa Farmiga going to a, a an abbey in Romania because a nun killed herself. And then demons happen, yep. and that's the whole. It's, it's that's just it. like you don't. No, that's, that's it. why that's it's like. Movie. Well, that's why it's like a haunted house to me because mm-hmm. like most haunted houses don't have any like real thought put into them, and each room is just like a totally different, unconnected set thing, piece. Set yeah. piece from the previous one. There's usually no sense of coherence or continuity to the haunted house, and this movie is the same. Yep. It's just one after another, like spooky, scary scenes that don't really relate to each other mm-hmm. more of a disney ride than anything at a at a state fair even well yeah we quotations so, around scary so we have the three main characters we have the constantine character we have tessa farmiga who's disney this Joe like nun in training who believes in science well yeah that that's that's our our entrance to her our introduction to her is that yeah she's a nun but she's progressive because she's teaching little kids about evolution because she's young and doesn't wear a habit all the time and hip until she does wear a habit and she like yeah we we just see her like ripping from washes like introduction and firefly with like dinosaur toys like beat for beat it's just she's surrounded by kids instead there are certain moments like and then later in the same movie, the nun who they established to be like progressive and forward thinking is like, prayer is the only thing that's going to save us. Right. I'm ready to take my vows. Yeah, yeah. but oh, the- no, no, wait, but we got to we got to first set up by the, the most key plot point, which is you haven't taken your vows yet, which was said at least eight times, at <laughs> yeah. least eight times leading up yes. to that moment. Just a ton of characters times. and demons just being like. You have not taken your vows yet. And no no context, no real... Well, we shouldn't jump around too much. We should also introduce Frenchie, uh, Tessa Farmiga, and Constantine. I'm just going to call him Constantine. Yeah, that's fair. Um, go to Romania to talk to this farmer guy who found the nun who hung herself. Which I, I, I do want to mention, the scene where she hangs herself is very... Oh boy humorously cut because it's like cutting between her looking down this hallway and this like cross that's like slowly turning upside down on the wall and it's like it's a loose nail not even like it's like a satanic force it just looks like it's like just someone on the other side of the wall like the the paper wall is just like turning the the nail around and that but that doesn't just happen once yeah yeah it becomes like a thing anytime the demons around like in the background there will be a crucifix on the wall and it just starts turning upside down and i started laughing every time it happened because yeah. it was funny yeah. it's, like, it's like whoever put up all the crosses and there did a shitty job and they're all just like slowly falling off the is, walls is the first time the time when it started on fire because i know it happened one of those times yes yes, yes. yeah after yeah. it was falling upside down right before she jumps out the window with the noose around her neck it starts on fire and we can't forget the spooky scary nun in the hallway and every Every time it it's on it's obviously on a track it's not walking and every time it moves slightly forward like the candles by it will go out so the hallway is just getting darker it's just like oh my god uh, but oh. this this french farmer guy he finds her 
He's French Canadian. French Canadian. Oh, yeah. We should mention yes because that um, is his character. His accent is terrible. He, yeah, the first thing he does is basically like harass Tessa Farmiga. Yeah, Frenchie is a dumb, obnoxious character. I guess he's supposed to be the comic relief, but the movie is so funny naturally that he doesn't need to be there at all. Especially because, like, you even called it in the theater, Cleveland. Like, before they seal themselves up in the Abbey, they're like, they send him back to town. They're like, oh, come get us in a couple of days. And Cleveland's like, yeah, just in time to be a deus ex machina. And that's exactly what happened. Yes, it was. Exactly. He shows up to save the day. Dude, well, I called so many things in that movie. Like, well, like it's, it's, it's so it's, easy. I'm, I'm well, not saying it like well, a point of pride. Like it was. It was immediately not a, a as he task. as he's leaving, he gets spooked by the nun who's just like chilling outside, waiting for him. Yeah, like and, hardcore, like zombie spooked, and doesn't go back. You know, to like get them. Then oh yeah, like well, the, he yeah. still has to have someone tell him that yeah. they're probably dead. Yeah, well, like, instead why? of going back, he just takes one of the cross headstones and yeah. takes it with him to oh, the yeah. bar. Yeah, he pulls a crucifix up out of the ground from a grave and <laughs> takes it back. Let, on that subject, let's talk about when Constantine uh, gets buried alive inexplicably. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That was another moment that I called. Um, the They they show the, the, the cliche with the, the bell over the, the tombstone. And, you know, the, he explains that, oh, yes, uh, the... The bell is there to, uh, to, in case, uh, the, the people who lived here were very, uh, uh, religious and, uh, what's the fucking word? Well, uh, he said during the, know, uh, during the plague, people were scared of being buried alive, yes, so the bell is yes, there so to... They put the bell there in case they get buried alive. In case they and, get buried alive. And, uh, of, of course, you know, that's, that's the moment where, you know, it's, it's, it's so clearly presented that, that obviously there's gonna be a moment where she's, she's out there, she hears one bell ring, and then all the bells on the scattered graves ring. Well, yeah, the the Constantine character has a troubled past. Yes, because during during the war, uh, he tried to exercise a demon from a little boy, and the boy died, and I he had a crisis yeah. of faith or something. And God, and in the next guys, scene, I had such a hard time not making kitty diddling jokes oh, during that Christ. part oh, like, with the God. Catholic I church. Thinking, I was seeing the same oh, thing yeah. when, he, when he was like, it's poor timing on the There's yeah. like the boy, the boy suffered terrible wounds during the ordeal that he didn't recover from. I was just, I was just thinking, especially because then they cut to like the boy lying on the ground and Constantine is like holding him tenderly. He's like, Daniel, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> was... Yeah, like I'm sure people will do really well in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, quite well. Um, but so he yeah. he has like visions of the little boy like running around, and he follows one out. Whoa, to wait, 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 let me clear too. It is right after he recounts the events. There's oh yes, no, yeah. there's yeah. no pause. There's no like. There's no cool down because this film doesn't have any, and it's just he he tells you the story of. Well, it's because they... regrets with this child, and then and then he takes a nap, and he wakes up by is woken up by the child, and immediately after that, like has well, to confront this. It's fear. because they had to get him out to the graveyard in the middle of the night somehow, so they invented a convenient throwaway backstory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, 
the couple of times he appears in the movie, the ghost of the little boy keeps vomiting up a snake. It's a metaphor. <laughs> and, uh... It's a metaphor for <laughs> kitty diddling. And, Jesus. And the first time in the graveyard, it startles the priest into falling over backward into an open grave. And then the camera pans down and we see that it's his name on the tombstone. And suddenly it's And then the ground is completely filled in and the bell is just ringing frantically. And then it cuts to Tysa Farmiga. And I thought that was supposed to be like a dream sequence. Like he was going to wake up or whatever. Nope. But no, it's like then we're just with her for the, a little while. The twist while, is the entire movie is a fever she, dream. And she's watching around and she goes outside and she hears the bell ringing and I was just like oh my god he's actually buried <laughs> well I, I at first at first I thought it was going to be a dream sequence too because this movie has an extreme amount of dream sequences and vision sequences like one of the first scenes we have besides the time that uh, he sees the nun on the noose the first scene besides that we get of the the French Canadian he's having like a dream where like there's just like blood going downstairs and suddenly he wakes up. Oh yeah, there's no no context. No, no context. No. Yeah. no, yeah, and like that's throughout the movie. There's just like an incoherent sequence of dream sequences and vision sequences. It's it really was like written by an AI. Like it like the that Harry Potter book, you know, well, like chapter that was written by an AI. It, it really, right. it, it, it did feel like that. So, so you know, Ron when, was spiders. He just was <laughs> like the nun was spooky. She just was. Then... When they when they got to the Abbey first, Tysa Farmiga tells Constantine that the reason she's a nun is because when she's a little girl, she had visions that said uh, Mary points the way. And it's like, they're telling us this is like, okay, this is going to be... An Indiana Jones. This is going to be significant thing. to the yeah. plot in some in some way. But then it turns out that when she's in the Abbey hanging out with all of the nuns, that all of the other nuns in the Abbey are just a vision and that they're not actually there. For, like, a good chunk of the movie, the nuns that are there to serve uh, as exposition only, when they, like, just her first night there, like, one of the nuns is like, a long time ago, this castle was built by a guy who tried to summon a demon, and then the church came in and killed him, and they took it, the abbey, as their own, and now we just have somebody praying constantly to keep the evil at bay. Well, they they have Jesus's blood, too. Oh, yeah, they use, they use Jesus's actual blood to seal the gate, and the only thing keeping it closed is constant adoration. Yeah. I think they just stumbled on the nunnery from uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Oh yeah, yeah, like, like it's just. Well, they and the funny thing is too is like, like, which which I think is more was more of a period piece than this movie. Once they once they figure out what was going on or like what's going on, they keep talking about like they did such and such to seal in the evil. We have to do such and such to keep the evil from getting away. The evil is down there, and I just keep thinking about the end of the Nightman Cometh, and it's always sunny when D comes out. She's like, "You have defeated the evil that was." 
was here. <laughs> I just kept thinking about that over and over. There's so much <laughs> shit in this movie. It's so bad. They, they, it's so bad. Like when Tyson Farmiga digs up Constantine before he can die. Oh, also like when he's in the coffin, when the spooky hands come in and like grab him. <laughs> and then there's like the, the jittery nun face right next to his. Yeah. But when she digs him up, there's just... In, in the bottom of his coffin, which were not there before, there's just inexplicably all of the books about demons yep. they need to learn what's happening here. <laughs> which is really just, like, the book of concept art for the movie. Like, Well, oh, it's man. funny because most of the pages were, like, in Latin script, and then they just turn the page, and in, like, chicken scratch, it's just... Says... Like, like, childish, all, like, all caps, like, scribbling. In English, it says VALAC. <laughs> And then the and then Constantine is like, oh, the demon, the defiler, he bad demon. That must that must be what's going on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like like every fucking you know demonic film ever made. There's the scene where they find the evil textbook, but this one is just so. It's almost like childish. It's, it's almost so, like, an afterthought. Like there's one yeah. scene of him looking at it, and he flips to that one yeah. page, and there's like a, a scribble yeah. of like a... oh, right. And of course, when they when they when they first find the books, backtracking a little bit, like you you see them looking down at this grave he was just ripped out of, and you see the corpse with surrounded by these books, and they're they're very you know Necronomicon esque. They've got like eyeballs in them and other shit. And the the fucking priest, you know, the the professional at this job, looks down. And he says. Perhaps these books might show us the light, like show us the way, like like they're holy books or some shit. When it's like you just you just were like ripped out of like there were demons and shit in there like two but, seconds ago. But you also saw them. that also the implication is that the demon put those books it's in there. that coffin for him, right? for him to find <laughs> when he was buried with them for some reason. Like, there's, <laughs> <laughs> about this movie. what I love so much about this movie <sighs> is that it's supposed to be like the backstory for the antagonist in The Conjuring 2 and it gives virtually none. no backstory. It gives you might you say it gives no, none. It, gi- <laughs> it gives you none more backstory <laughs> on the nun than The Conjuring 2 gives you. It's, it's a pointless movie. It does not even set out to do what its basic premise is, you know? I wonder, isn't, isn't the woman who plays the, the wife in The Conjuring, like, the one who sees visions and shit, is that Vera Farmiga? Yeah. Okay, so that's how that's how Tysa Farmiga got this job. Yeah, nepotism. Her, yeah, nepotism. Her, her older sister was like, oh, you need somebody for this spinoff movie? Give it to my little sister. <laughs> oh, man. But this movie takes, like religious symbolism and just throws it at the wall like incoherently <laughs> blends it like all the times that the uh the the spooky star demon star appears oh, in this the movie pentagram? yeah when she's praying in the oh church and yeah. the demon like rips off the back of her <laughs> yeah and just draws and carves a pentagram on her back jesus you know like it's like they they took like religious metaphors and texts and and concepts from like like conjuring demonic films and they took it as a meal and said okay this is a burger this is you know like these are the fries this is all these things and they just put them in a cuisinart 
Like that's, that's the film. You're just like you're drinking a a, a, a McDonald's like meal. Like, it's, it's like not, that. It's, it's like not that. Like they, they're not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be consumed that way. That's not the point. It's like that meme of that really fat guy blending together Doritos and Mountain Dew. God, <laughs> oh, it is though. Like it's like like going going to see this film. I I I would have uh, felt similarly if I had gone to a barbecue joint, ordered a plate of ribs. And then they brought out the plate to me, and there was just sauce on it. <laughs> like, good rib sauce, but there's nothing. Like, there aren't any ribs. The ribs are in the sauce. Like, where, where are the ribs? They blended up the bones with ribs, too. Yeah, it's, it's just rib sauce. There's some lumps of gristle. No, man. Like, oh, my God. Gristle has protein. This, this, <laughs> I mean... This nothing. I will I will say this... Like, this I, isn't a movie, like... like it's, it's not a sandwich, it's ketchup. I maybe laughed harder than I've laughed at any movie I've seen in theaters in a long time Agreed. when I was watching this movie. Agreed. Like, it's, I'll say it's dumber than Predator, or The Predator, excuse me, um, which is saying something, and it's dumber than Slender Man, but you could tell that there was so much sincerity behind what they were doing. Like, there's not a drop of self-awareness in this movie, and it reaches that level of, like, Trolls 2 or The Room, where you could tell they were trying their gosh darndest to make, like, a good, spooky, scary movie, and it's just so fucking bad. Like when uh, uh, Constantine guy is trying to find his way into the Abbey and he looks down and sees his crossword in the newspaper <laughs> and it's all like smudged by water and the only word that's visible is deliveries. And he looks up and there's a door marked deliveries. <laughs> no reason. No explanation. Just, just looks down, sees on his crossword, it says the words, del- it says the word deliveries. And then he looks up at the door titled deliveries. Deliveries, <laughs> and all I can think is deliver me from this movie. <laughs> but it's like they did the crossword earlier in the movie. Earlier, <laughs> seconds ago. Well, yeah, because in the carriage he's working on the crossword, and he can't figure out, and Tessa like, Formiga's like deliveries, and he's like, "You have a knack for this, sister." <laughs> It's like she guess she guessed the. It's the, like the, the easiest crossword. Crossword. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what did it do? What purpose did it serve? Who did it? Why? Like, did the demon do it? Like, did the demon make that weird? No, it was one of it was one of her visions. That's why the crossword was delivery. So That's God did it. it. Yeah. God is to blame. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Well, I I really like how the the like door that leads into the catacombs is like marked in Latin. Uh, God ends here, and like that's really the best metaphor for I, I, this movie. Quality ends here, but because well, no, because God looked down on this film and turned his face away from us sinners. It's like the meme where you <laughs> like, know, he like just hits the reset button. Like, like yeah, God God does end with this yeah. movie. <laughs> like, Time for a fucking crusade. <laughs> oh my God. When they go down into the catacombs and there's this, <laughs> the statue and there's this 
tiny beam of sunlight shining directly onto the finger of the Virgin Mary, and it refl- it ba- it's like Indiana Jones shit, like it bounces off the finger yeah. and reflects onto the hidden keyhole in the stone wall yeah. that reveals the actual like, blood could, of Christ. You, you, yeah. play, you could play like, like, like cliche bingo with this movie, like so well. Just have, just have your sheet out with all, you know, Indiana Jones, you know, Friday the 13th, you know, except, you know, like, uh, Every every like cliche, you know, like over overdone film, overbaked and over uh, homaged movie, and and just play bingo off this film, and that for, the, for scene tropes, and that the super weapon in this movie that allows them to defeat evil is the actual blood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, just kept in a little in a glass, little glass egg. ball. It looks like the holy hand grenade from Monty Python, yeah. except it's got the blood of Jesus well, in yeah, it, or the the apple, you know that that whole. Well, right, uh, but 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 horrible, but 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 terribly written, and then but just thrown in a fucking Cuisinart. But then <laughs> when they when they get down to the room where the portal is, and, and Tessa Farmiga wanders into a pentagram, yeah, without realizing it. Surprise! And Frenchie comes down and finds her, like, suspended over the pentagram with, like, a a bag on her head. I love how he, like, bursts into the room by, like, diving through the door, realizes all the people in there, and just, like, starts backing up out of it. Right, right, because, because, um, before he came back to the nunnery, we we did forget to mention, when he's, he's at the, he's at the peasant's bar, and he looks over the counter... Or he's he's told by the, the peasant bar owner, oh yeah, you need to you need to go back. You know, you're probably gonna find corpses there tomorrow. And he looks up and over the bar, there's a literal shotgun, like like Chekhov's gun, like because the writers don't know what a fucking metaphor is. And then he, of course he grabs the gun off of it and goes right. and kills nuns. But with the it. only the he only uses the gun twice: one to shoot the other zombie nun, who they then immediately set on fire. Yeah. And then the second time to shoot open that door, which he then tumbles headfirst through for some reason <laughs> into the room where he finds Tysa Farmiga. Yeah. Well, first, first he finds all the other nuns with their heads wrapped and doing bone crackling stuff right out of Silent Hill. Yeah. Like just ripped, like ripped out of it. Like, yeah, that's that's like, true. They just just stole, like not even homage, just stole from so many films. <laughs> But then he finds out that the this the evil scary nun has possessed Tysa Farmiga because apparently it needs uh it needs to possess a human to leave the abbey or whatever, which was confusing to me because I thought it possessed the old nun from the very beginning, which was why it looked like a nun. So it had a human vessel, but I guess not. I guess it just looked like a nun because plot. Because movie title. Because why because, not? Yeah. Because the nun. Because none your business. <laughs> um, and he <laughs> starts choking Frenchie, and then he just rubs some of the blood of Jesus <laughs> on her face. Pause it. Yeah. He paws it onto her face, and like the the demon is just like blasted Yo, out of. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We gotta, we gotta like have the 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 dialogue lead up to that that climactic moment though. yeah oh when when the nun speaks you know like to him for like then it's the first time you hear the nun speak and it's like 
you've been a failure all your life, which means literally nothing to us because we have no backstory he on this no character. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I guess he's a failure. I don't know. Like, because I don't know him, you know, so I don't care about him. And yeah, you've been a failure all your life. You and oh, oh, which also implies that she knows his backstory. Right. And then calls him, you know, you fucking Frenchie or whatever the fuck it says. Frenchman. Frenchman. Yeah. So implies he knows his backstory and then calls him a Frenchman. Oh, yeah. Tells him to run away just like just like uh, the scared Frenchman or something. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, that's that's spooky for demons. So, you know, to make make race, right to make know, Fren- to jokes. make French jokes. Yeah. I mean, we can make French jokes, but we're not demons, you know, like. Hey, we're, speak we're for lower, yourself. <laughs> we're, we're lower levels of intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, then he's just like, I'm French Canadian yeah. and, <laughs> and rubs the blood on her face. Yeah, like, which again, if if she was remarking on his past, then she knew he wasn't French Canadian. So she just said it for plot reasons. I I think it was because, because they his, wanted that set up his, the line. His nickname was Frenchie. And she called him Frenchman. Yeah. It's very dumb. It's extremely <laughs> dumb. And then they have a fight in, like, a pool or something. Yeah. And the nun is drowning uh, Tessa Farmiga. And then it, like, holds her up out of the water. And I guess it's going to possess her or something. Because well, baptism. Right? We should always also right. mention that the nun takes, like, 45 seconds to get out of the water. She just, like, slowly comes up <laughs> out of the water. <laughs> and you see her, like, like, like slowly yeah. emerging, like, it. Again, yeah. another another Rising direct, up out like, of the water. Because like, yeah. she, like, flies across the water like it does. Like, is everything. And anyway, but you see her slowly rising up all spooky-like. And it's, you know, like, what, maybe up to her mouth. And then the camera cuts away, looks over at the other dude for a, a like, half of a second. And then cuts back over and she's, like, Well, my favorite part water. is Tysa Formiga is just, like, s- sitting there screaming the whole time. Not <laughs> moving at all. <laughs> well, this is all happening. Yeah. Slowly rising <laughs> yeah. from the water. Well, well she's got the, the, the blood of Christ on her neck or whatever, like... In me, the vial, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Me, yeah. me luxuriating I'm, I'm in the it. hot yeah. tub. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, when when she's, like, holding up Tysa Farmiga and she's going to possess her or whatever, it cuts down to Tysa Farmiga holding the blood of Christ thing, but it's just got a big hole in it. And it's, it's, no, made it's, a, it's the evil nun that's got it because it took it out of her hand. Oh, okay, yeah, it took it yeah. out of her hand, and it's got it's got like a big hole in it, but like it's made of glass, like it's broken. You can see the blood's yeah. not in there well, it's, anymore. It's because the 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 blood is supposed to like in the the egg. It's it's supposed to represent the like the the original apple. Like that's the 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 iconic um, well, it's piece of like Catholic like Catholic symbolism. It's supposed to represent which is why she the took literal the bite out blood of, it, of Christ. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be the actual blood of Jesus. Yeah, like inside of the apple. Just, like it's a whole thing. Like with like it possessing knowledge. Like it's that's like the that's the. I think the you're thing. I think you're reaching yeah. for the people who wrote. I think, yeah, I think it's Cuisinart it in. I think you're. I think you're somewhere trying, in the smoothie of what was a hamburger. I think you're. Like. I think you're trying to put logic to something. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. where there is no logic, but 
The point is... I'm just trying to think like the screenwriters didn't. <laughs> the point is, is that Tysa Farmiga spits the blood of Christ into the nun's <laughs> face. Right. And, how, and that was the, the part that I laughed the second hardest in the movie. The first was with the deliveries thing. But that was... That made the, me do... The blood got me the most, honestly. Yeah. That, it was too good. I did, I did a spit take without actually having anything in my mouth. It was that kind of laugh. And uh, well, I mean, how how did the blood get into her mouth? She just took a chomp. It yeah. was it was in like a glass sphere, <laughs> and there was a hole in it. Like, did she take a bite out of it? Yes. Did she <laughs> did she bite the glass sphere containing yeah. the blood of Christ and put it in her mouth? <laughs> when did she do that? She, she bit the apple, you know. To but to... it's made of glass. She bit yeah. a glass circle. And there's no blood in the water. No, she just she just has the blood and, and of the like, blood of Christ for, in her mouth. For, for, for the listeners too, like like keep in mind it's 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 like a vial suspended in a glass egg. Like, there's no it's a way vial to bite shaped. It. Yeah, it's a vial there's shaped. There's no like way a to cross. bite it. No, it's it's literally like a Christmas a, a, a transparent Christmas ornament with a cross shaped vial of blood inside the, of it. Inside of it, yeah. yeah. And as soon as she spits it into the nun's face, the portal at the bottom of the pool opens and sucks the nun and all the water down like a big old toilet. Yep. <laughs> That's she what the flushed. power of Jesus' blood the does. Gets flushed. The demon gets flushed to hell. And this is the kind of thing where if they were self-aware about it, I would almost find it frustrating but because they were completely sincere in the creation of this movie and flushing the demon down the literal toilet to hell. <laughs> toilet to hell would have been a better name for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> toilet to hell more accurately describes this movie than, yeah. than the title The Nun does. Yeah. Unless and, it was, you know, yeah, N-O-N-E. Yeah, none of this. Yeah, the nun. And There's then, no movie here. Go home. And then the movie just <clears throat> kind of ends after that. Yeah. It, Except. It, uh, suddenly all the shots are like color corrected with yellows. And oh, all yeah. Happy like the, the, e you the defeated, evil is gone. You job. defeated the evil that was here. Yep. And, uh, but then. We sure did, gang. High fives all around. As they're getting back into the cart to go back to town, we see that Frenchie has an upside down cross shaped scar on the back of his neck. For reasons. For reasons. And then it cuts to. Because they're going to make another of these fuckers. And then, it cut, and then it cuts to the Conjuring movie people 20 years later giving a lecture at a college showing the exorcism of Frenchie. And so the nun demon was passed to him, but then it still it it still shots on uh, Vera Farmiga being scared of uh, possessed Frenchie, and it freezes on that. So that's how we know that the nun was passed on to her. So that's how it made it all the way to the Conjuring. Yeah. So it actually only gives you context for the Conjuring in the last minute of the Men, movie yeah, yeah if the not last less minute of the not movie. even hyperbolic yeah. yeah maybe the last 30 seconds of the movie um so and it didn't even like expand at no. all you know no. <laughs> like no zero nope not at all and uh even though 
that shit was supposed to be 20 years later, like, Frenchie was the same age in that exorcist. <laughs> they both age. were, yeah. They both were, yeah. Um, wow, yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure the uh, filmmakers didn't notice that either. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> This movie was so dumb. I think, yeah. Uh, it was delightfully dumb, though, honestly. Like, yeah. I could... I The I, laughs were consistent. I could probably go back and watch this movie again and have a good time yeah. because it's really fucking stupid. I just, I don't want them to have any more of my money is the only thing. I, I don't... Yeah. I don't, this this movie happened because, the, you know, the Conjuring franchise has, has gone buku. Like, because yeah, they, they've and we, made tons and we of money and stopped giving a shit because they realized, you know, because this movie was, you know, made by, like, was greenlit by some CEOs that, oh, yeah, those fuckers will watch anything, you know, just throw money at it, you know, and well, it'll this, work. this movie came out, like, almost a month ago, too, if not a full month ago, and we thought that we would be the only people in the theater. Yeah. And yeah, they had moved it to one of their smaller theaters, but there were a lot of people in that. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty there's, packed. There's going to be was, a sequel. I, I'm, pretty, I'm sure there is. It was is, pretty and... full. Like I was surprised for a movie that has like, and I looked at the other theaters in our area, and none of them were even showing it. And this theater had two showings tonight, and I was I was thinking surely there's going to be nobody in this fucking movie, but it was pretty full. Yep. It was a small theater, but it was pretty full. And by the end of it, too, like, everybody else was laughing at it. Yeah, the whole theater. And and people who started out, like, legitimately scared and... Yeah, there were know, at the beginning, like, there were some people gasping at yeah, times. Which just made, had us giggling. Which made me laugh. Oh, yeah. Um, like, and, and, and by the end of the... Even the people who were scared by, like, the poorly written, you know, jump scary bullshit, like, even then they were laughing. Like, this film had everyone laughing Well, there's that guy, that guy in, like, the far back left corner... Who, who started who started laughing so hard that by the time the funny moment was over and the theater was quiet he was just like hacking up a lung yeah, he was laughing for air. like and i thought that was really funny like that got me going again like i was mm-hmm. laughing again after that not too. just you the whole theater <laughs> yeah like, everyone was yeah. laughing yeah. when that guy that like, was, by the end of it no that, that was really like, fucking no, no funny. one no one was bothered by this guy like loudly hacking with laughter in the back because no one like everyone had checked out of the movie at normally that point. normally i would feel bad about like talking during a movie no, because we did even, it yeah. we did it a lot in this movie no but, like, one gave we were not the only ones like i yeah. heard other people mumbling mm-hmm. pretty consistently and, and, and to be clear like even if i think a movie's bad generally i'm not gonna talk loudly during it because you know out of respect for everyone else who's there you know and uh but in this case, like, no one, everyone had checked no, out. No, by the, the end of it, point. everybody had checked out. Everyone was out, talking, yeah. everyone, yeah. It, I'm in the camp that there's a certain type of movie that are you're actually expected to talk yeah. through. Like a Disney ride. Like, you're, you know, that's like the point. Like this, this or The Predator. Yeah. Or yeah, Gotti, you know, this was, like. This was one of those movies for sure. Mm-hmm. By the way, Cleveland, you win a prediction of jump scares in this movie. There were ten. No! I, I counted. Yeah. yeah, you were spot on. I nice. guessed eight, and Ben guessed 13. And, yeah, you were you were dead on, so. <laughs> well, I, I price is right at you, to be fair. Like, yeah. you, you said eight or nine, and so. I, I just well I yeah I said 10. eight then you said nine you're like no I'll make it around ten so yeah. you because well, Ben said twelve right I said 13. 13. thirteen thirteen yeah so you know pick a middle which means I think we were all right on I just picked the median between you two I will say I will say this movie defied my expectations in the extent that I went into it 
expecting a similar experience that I got from uh, Insidious The Last Key, which we talked about a couple of months ago in our 2018 mid-year catch-up, which was a movie that was largely just boring and uninteresting and kind of... More competently made, but, but, you know, less fun. It had some fun moments. Like, there were definitely some really dumb, schlocky moments. It had a super fun 15 minutes. Yeah, and so I was expecting a similar experience from this movie. I'm like, Conjuring franchise, it's gonna be, like, super grimdark and uh, take itself really seriously, both of which were true, but it took itself so seriously and it was made so incompetently. But with that, such a budget. But with such a budget that it defied even my wildest expectations. Like it was so, so, so much dumber than I was expecting. I was I was looking for a dumb studio movie where they're making it as plain and unoffensive as possible because they have to. But, like, this movie was so incredibly stupid, but so incredibly serious. Mm -hmm. And still incredibly safe. And, well, yeah, like, very, very safe. Because it, it, it had all been done before, like, so many cliches. I, I'll say, um, I think I said it in the car on the way up here, like, the, the way I, I, I sort of I picture this film is, um, is with a metaphor of a beautiful, baroque, gilded frame, and that represents the budget of this movie, you know, but it's all wrapped around a children's refrigerator drawing. Yeah. It's just absurd. I mean, yeah, the the loose, what you could maybe argue as a plot in this movie is definitely drawn in the sloppy, broad strokes of a toddler. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, like the, I think I think the writer's room. That's if why. Being real was, was probably like, what is it, Cannibal Studios, you know, in the 80s? Like, it, it was just that. It was, it, it's just, it's just cocaine. It's just, it's just, <laughs> a, it's a bunch of writers doing cocaine and, you know, like building a spreadsheet. See, I, I don't even know if I agree with that. This seems more to me like a bunch of dudes in like their 50s and 60s trying to make a scary movie from what they remember being scary when they were like 10. See, I just envision it being like fat failed children chomping away on candy, you know, like yeah, candy corn like you were saying. Yeah. You know, like they aren't smart enough to actually think things through. They just take the first idea that comes to their head every time, just throw it down on paper. Well, yeah. see this, this I think we're trying to like we're just trying to make sense of of something that we can't this movie is so, like, cookie-cutter, you could take out any of the characters, replace them with any other characters. Archetypes. Same, they're, with, they're the, same archetypes. with the setting, and same with the villain. It doesn't have to be a spooky nun. It could be literally any other demon yeah. or entity or whatever put in its place, and it would the make... The theme. It would make <laughs> the same amount of sense, which is, granted, not much, but, like, it's so by the book and so uh like unspecial you know like it there's there's no originality to it and it's it's comical in its lack of originality it it is it's it's like you know whoever created this film read the hero of a thousand faces and just got the wrong point (laughs) (laughs) just got the wrong idea all right well let's let's rate this thing then you start all right well unlike you guys i don't think i had as much fun in this movie i I, was mad at times you know i like it it was a slog at times honestly in the first half especially like there were 
definitely funny set pieces like you know the the coffin scene <laughs> or deliveries um but it definitely picked up in the second half that being said we're eating in 2018 for good bad movies yeah true. between this and the predator and Gotti. um i've heard venom is similar um, haven't seen it yet, but this was a good bad movie, mostly because it was so sincerely executed <laughs> right. and just so off the mark. But, you know, it didn't really do anything new, and it was more frustrating for me than anything else. The fact that everyone else was laughing in the theater made it easier to deal with, but I think if I was watching this by myself, I would have a hard time getting through it. Um, I honestly had a little bit more fun in the theater with Predator too, because at least in Predator, it was it was similarly sincerely bad throughout, but it was at Somewhere. least trying to do new things. I mean, I guess, but also like, yeah. what? How sincere was it? If our theory is correct, and it was a prank by Shane Black, it well, was sincerely a prank. Well, yes, but it. It was sincere in its execution in that it wasn't tongue-in-cheek. True. You oh, know? No, I'll give you that. You know, and in a similar way, this movie isn't tongue-in-cheek at all either, but this movie doesn't do even try to do anything yeah, I new. Think, I think that the the only people who are laughing after the film are uh, the, the CEOs who are going to be rolling in the cash off this. You know. Well, I mean, we were laughing after well, we the were fact. Well, we were laughing our asses off at how bad that movie was. I, yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. We were yeah, still laughing, fair, and yeah. there are laughs to be had from this movie because sure. it's so bad, but I would actually recommend seeing something like The Predator over this because... more money? Because... They'll just, they'll just spend on more cocaine. <laughs> And, well, not, and and do more more and not write more movies. <laughs> give them enough cocaine, and we'll get another maximum overdrive. Like, <laughs> like cocaine makes funny horror movies, um, and this movie was funny. Okay, um, so to to before you get into that, since we're talking about putting money in the pockets of these cocaine junkies i i just decided to look up the numbers for this movie the budget was about 22 million yep. um opening weekend it did almost 54 million yep yep um and to Laughing date the bank to date domestic it has done 115 million dollars no, i don't want to know that and foreign it has done twice that See the thing I'm about the, the thing about uh, I'm not say, I'm not going the thing on about wacky world with uh, I'm not going on another adventure to the wacky world. Of you want to get off of Mister Bones's wild I ride? Get off of Mister Wan's wild ride. Um, right? The thing is, I, I you you you, you keep yeah. saying that they're laughing their way to the bank, but that implies that they think they're making a bad movie and are in on that joke. I think they think they made a masterpiece. I, know, I, agree with you. I, I think with you. they made At least I the think they did. think I think Jason Blum thinks he made produced a fantastic movie as well. I think everyone involved thinks they made an awesome movie and that's what makes it funnier in a lot of ways. Yeah, the, the that being said, yeah. I don't think there was enough to take out of this movie to warrant seeing it in the theaters, yeah. especially. Because in, in context... Um, I will say that seeing it in a communal setting, like a movie theater, 
where everyone is just fed up and laughing at it by the end of it was a better experience than seeing it alone. But I don't think it's worth your money, even as a good bad movie. If we're going to rate this, I would give this a one out of five pods. It was garbage. I, I agree that it is garbage. I will be perfectly honest in my admission that I went into this movie totally blasted. I was not sober even a little bit. And I could have been more blasted that, if we're being real. I mean, I could have been, I was not blasted enough. I yes, could same. I could have been more blasted, sure. I could always be more blasted, <laughs> but like I went into this movie with rock bottom expectations and uh not sober and I had a great fucking time. It's such a dumb stupid terrible movie i think i can agree with you that i don't think it necessarily needs to be seen in theaters uh we can almost certainly expect to see the nun to next year or year after i'm also gonna give it a one out of five pods because it is a terrible movie and there's nothing that will ever change that but I laughed so much during this movie. Like, my theater experience was excellent. I was not bored. I had such a good time watching this movie. I cannot remember the last time I laughed so hard in the theater. Would you recommend seeing this in the theater if you don't pay for it? Just for the communal setting. I recommend seeing literally anything in theaters if you don't pay for it. Like, free. if you're going to go see movies for free, okay, go see movies for free. You have nothing to lose. But yeah, no, a communal setting is good. And if you do wait for this on streaming or Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. If bad movies like, are your thing. What, yeah. yeah, like if bad movies are your thing, like watch it with some, it's, watch it with some friends. Yeah, like, it's, it definitely works on bad movie night. And again, like play, play bad movie bingo with it, you know, right. or trope bingo. You could, you can do it. Or turn it into a drinking game. Or Ooh, play, I don't know about drinking game. Though. You, the, will be bla- you will be too gone. Play the mustache game or something. Like yeah. there is, I will say that I think a communal setting in some sense is necessary to enjoy this movie. I yes. don't think you'll have fun at all if you watch it by yourself. Yeah. I'm I'll I'll summarize in short because I I feel a pretty strong middle ground between the two of you. I um between I felt, one and one. <laughs> well, no, on, on your opinions like uh in that I I felt like I was I was flitting back and forth so much. I was so conflicted during this movie between like bouts of laughter and fits of rage over just how heavy-handed the homage or the, the you know the, the 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 imitation was like at times and really really hilariously bad at, at, at other times uh, for the majority of the film and uh and yeah for me it was it was beat for beat like comedically terrible yeah uh, this this film doesn't stop um the nun is, is the best comedy is of 2018 yeah so far i mean I'm, i'll i'll agree with that so i'll give it um one hail mary okay one hail mary full of grace mm-hmm. um well i that's a unanimous one from all of us yeah i think i don't think we need to repeat what we've said about seeing this movie i will close out by saying that though it is dumber than slender man I would see this movie over Slender Man 100% of the time. If I never see Slender Man again, that is A-OK with me. But if I was getting some buddies together for a bad movie night and we had a bunch of booze and weed, I would absolutely... 
watch this. Movie. This is going to be a competitive Razzie season this yeah this oh year. <laughs> That's all I gotta um, say. Let's take that opportunity to transition into Metacritic Corner. You freaking bricks! What will you learn? What will you learn? your actions have consequences! Now, for this week, we're going off of Metacritic entirely because we have something even better. Uh, The review that I'm going to be reading is from the National Catholic Review. Um, (laughs) Praise be. Praise be. (laughs) Crossing myself. This review was written by an actual nun. It's called One Nun's Take on on Horror Film, The Nun. Um, This is a long article. I haven't read all of it. So I don't know if I'm going to read the whole thing, but we'll find the, the I don't fun. I think we'll need to. We'll yeah. find the fun bits. As I begin this review, let me say that there are two Catholic theological aspects of this film that are accurate. One is that the devil exists. <laughs> and the other, <laughs> the other is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, will show us the way. <laughs> By pointing... With light. <laughs> the Nun is the fifth exorcism-inspired film of the Conjuring Annabelle franchise, with a screenplay by Gary Dauberman, co-writing the story with James Wan, direct- director of the first two Conjuring films. I'm going to stop real quick. I'm just picturing, like, the a, a processor with the name Gary Dauberman over it. I'm not picturing a man. <laughs> it's a computer with a, yeah. with a label. It's a uh, little bow tie. A, la- yeah. a, la- a label is, like, half peeled off. Yeah. Oh, it's time to do another Let me power up Gary. Just like stick the label back on. (laughs) (laughs) Who wrote two of the Annabelle films and co-wrote it, a horror film I really liked, and directed by... Wait, he co-wrote it? So they just ripped from his own movie, like during the the, the flood scene, the flushing scene at the end? The flushing? Yeah, why not? I Um, can't believe this was co-written by by one of the guys who wrote it. it. I'm disappointed. And directed by Corin Hardy, The Hallow, whatever that is. Probably bad. I'm sure. The Nun is a scare fest with a very thin plot. One-dimensional characters, true, and a premise that shows little familiarity with actual Catholicism. In fact, I was more bothered by this than the sight of possessed nuns with gory faces <laughs> festing the night with fright. You know you know your movie's bad when, like, like, literal nuns are, like, giving it, like, uh, this are, is, make, are mocking it. This is not very Catholic. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm, I'm so so far, I'm, I'm totally in this nun's camp. I'm, I agree with her fully. At the International Press Day in Mexico City, Warner Bros. put on an impressive experience for those of us fortunate enough to attend. <laughs> what? She got to go? <laughs> the screening and interviews. Who is this nun? She writes for the National Catholic Review. She can go where she wants. Yeah, I guess so. They're budgeted. She has... They got that holy money. She, <laughs> she carries the authority of God. <laughs> The screening and interviews took place at the Desierto de, Leo- de los Leones, a former monastery of discalced Carmelites built in the very early 1600s. I don't know. Dis- discalced? Dis- what is that word? She, um, she, she's demonstrating that she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. 
Well, it's capitalized too, so it must be a thing. Yeah. If there's Catholic listeners to this, excuse my ignorance. Um, located about an hour outside of Mexico City, depending on traffic, today is part of a beautiful national park. The monastery itself is still very primitive, and if you are the type to scare easily, who knows what you might see after seeing a horror film about well, nuns and devils. <laughs> Two actors took us through rooms in a cemetery set up as the monastery in the film. Eh. It was very clever and by far the most immersive experience. All right, I, I'm no I longer have on this nuns page. This, wait, what? If it hadn't been for the gift each journalist found in their hotel oh, during room, the event, not the yeah, after the, movie, after the press it. interviews, I would not be very well disposed towards this film. But they gave us a traditional Mexican <laughs> ex voto, a painting on a metal plate as an act of devotion. Why are they? Oh my why god, the they're just trying to bribe the fuck yeah, out of what? these critics. Wait, so so the, like, these nuns? Like, they were like whining and dining, these like nun critics? Yeah. That's so weird. The prayer reads on this metal painting Dear God, please receive this humble gift as a grateful offering for helping me survive this terrible and anguishing experience. <laughs> <laughs> and letting me continue to watch horror films signed a devoted movie goer <laughs> <laughs> alright I'm back on the nuts page I had to laugh I won't take the nun too seriously if you won't well right Bless on her. I Love did her. not Love it. the film opens in 1952 a prequel to events that will unfold in The Conjuring 2 where a nun Sister Valak shows up in the dreams of Lorraine Warren a real life character who with her husband carry out exorcisms Flashback 20 years or so in the past, a young nun in a monastery in Romania has killed herself for unknown reasons. The Vatican assembles a commission to study if the ground has been desecrated or if evil has taken over the cloister. Spoiler alert. Cardinal Conroy summons Father Burke, a troubled priest he knows his experience with exorcisms, and a novice from a teaching community, Sister Irene. The Cardinal knows her as a child who had experienced eerie religious visions of a nun. Believing these are the best persons to investigate, he sends them to the remote monastery in post-war Romania. The two arrive at a local village and meet Frenchie, a Canadian who has stayed in the village to help out the people. He also delivers supplies to the monastery, leaving them in the cave beneath that also contains a large freezer and a portal to the convent above. Oh my god. He has something disturbing to show them. <laughs> Surprisingly, it's not his dick. How does that freezer work? That's a great question. That just hit me. Like, well, yeah, because there's like freezer. ice inside. Yeah, and it's literally just like a little stone shack that's like partially underground. Like, yeah, I get like building your shit kind of underground so it stays cool, but there's no reason it should have been icy in there. Weird. Expecting there logic no out of this movie. There was no no. Gonna have a bad time. That that building. Of course, the two, and eventually Frenchie, encounter the nun who is possessed by the devil, along with others that I will leave to your imagination to figure out. Chases, escapes, and even a live burial ensue. Plenty to keep you scared of walking the dark, cold stone floors and narrow passageways of an ancient and remote mountaintop castle in Romania in Hardly. the middle of the night. Like, like, there's lots of us out there doing that. 
to the writer's credit, there are plenty of crucifixes that spin mysteriously. <laughs> to the writer's credit? <laughs> well, I'm not done. And, and rosaries, and even a passing mention of the Eucharist. <laughs> Though there is no sign that anyone understands what the body of Christ means in the face of real diabolical possession where a demon takes possession of a person without their permission. <laughs> Obsession, demon-inspired irrational thoughts such as a suicidal ideation. Oppression, external torments. Or infestation, that can affect dwellings, things, and animals. Exorcism of demons in the film is shown through the frequent invocation of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Father Burke using a cross to cast out the devil but he has a very difficult challenge in front of him. I love that she's so excited that they mention the Eucharist in this yeah. movie. I mean, Offhand. she's a nun. What oh, my. she getting out of this? <laughs> if you are a Catholic who is reasonably knowledgeable of the faith, but you like horror films, you can appreciate that the devil does enter through portals. <laughs> <laughs> that human oh, beings man. open. I was, so, I was so on this nun's page. I was so with this nun. <laughs> And in the film, the only oh. in a film, the only way you can show a portal is visually. Though here it is difficult to understand the spiritual malady that created it in the first place <laughs> as a way to invite the devil into the monastery. This person was very, very confused by inception. <laughs> the solution is also that no Catholic exorcist would ever use. But then you couldn't have a film franchise. Some of the spiritual portals in our time are pornography, astrology, tarot cards, use of horoscopes, and playing with Ouija boards. One needs to remember. One needs to remember that the church investigates cases of alleged possession carefully, including the mental health of persons before performing an exorcism. At the press day, I asked the director and two key actors what they did to prepare for the film. If they did did any research or had a consultant the answer was a staunch no <laughs> we consulted gary <laughs> bisher whoever that is, i think that's the guy who played constantine said that he learned much about catholicism from his grandmother oh. <laughs> so he was familiar with the ethos in which he was working <laughs> He was also very impressed with John Paul II's visit to Mexico when he was a child. <laughs> However, for his character, he imagined himself as a strong fighter, as one who combated the devil and evil. For Farmiga, she admitted that she had only had a day between finishing one film and departing, <laughs> departing for Romania when the film was shot over two months in 2017. So most of her research was done watching YouTube videos. <laughs> to learn how to comport herself as a nun she fulfills the role very well she just though, watched sister act back to back on the plane vicar of dibley <laughs> though the thin and staggered storyline must have been a challenge when i asked colin hardy if he did any research or if he just watched all the other devil movies to prepare <laughs> he admitted that he only watched other exorcism movies <laughs> he is a true fan of the genre and was intrigued by doberman's script that explains why the entire movie was just a tropes. rip off of yeah. yeah it was all tropes yeah. in fact he showed us one of several notebooks where he sketched out the characters for the film <laughs> I, i'm i matisse am putting characters in quotation marks <laughs> yeah. just just Archetypes. stick figure yeah. drawings <laughs> 
where he sketched out the characters for the film demonstrating his notable artistic ability. <laughs> Hardy did say that a local priest did come and bless the set, but this is as close to a consultant as they got. Oh. <laughs> he, all- <laughs> he just shows this nun a notebook of his crayon drawings. <laughs> he also said he wished the screenwriter Gary Doberman could have been there to answer my questions. The next day at breakfast, like, where am I and why am I smelling toast? (laughs) (laughs) The next day at breakfast before leaving Mexico City, Hardy brought his wife and two daughters over to my table to say hello. I had given him a rosary ring the day before that I had blessed at the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and he reminded me that he promised to wear it on a chain. It was too small to wear. (laughs) It is very hard to critique a film harshly when you meet the director, and he turns out to be a really nice man with a lovely family. Truly, I wish that Hollywood would imagine what they don't know, because they don't even know what they don't know what What? exactly (laughs) consultants would make for a better movie i am convinced of it i agree these people watch too many movies Uh, a final uh, word the nun is not intended to be a vocation movie in case you were wondering (laughs) i suppose you could say it makes catholic nuns look trite and cliched if you think horror is not a valid genre i happen to think it is a valid form of artistic expression oh good for her good for her isolation darkness fear and unknowing are some of the key tropes of horror movies catholic images and teaching along with characters in red vestments white habits and collars and sacramentals such as crucifixes and rosaries and Ouija boards are ideal for cinema because it is a visual medium. <laughs> the image of a nun is iconic, and turning the cultural fear fear of nuns, though there are no rule there are no rulers in this film, into figures and icons of horror was going to happen eventually. The nun does it very effectively. The production quality is top notch. I am sorry they revert to suicide as a plot device. Suicide is so prevalent today in real life, and it, like anything uh. else, can feed someone's fragility because this because i'm saddened that there were so many crosses spun upside down in this movie it's a serious issue today oh my god okay no i'm not finished i'm almost done because this is a horror film about the devil well i took a bottle of holy water with me to the Several other journalists laughed, but were happy to be sprinkled with it just the same. (laughs) She just sprinkled the other critics in the theater just to be safe. Oh my god. I'm not sure filmmakers get what they are really dealing with, but if people come away believing the devil is real, well then that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end. Oh my god. I love how she said she didn't think this was cliched because she thought horror was a legitimate genre as if not believing horror is a legitimate genre means you can't think this was super cliched oh god, my god. god bless this woman that's one of the funniest things i've read in a long time <laughs> I, I would i would like to see read more of her work I would. I, I might would subscribe like to. to the National Catholic Catholic Review. Yeah, after it might this. be worth it. I think that might be the moral of the at story. At least, yeah. at least, for sure, in further movies about demonic possession. I think. <laughs> 
I'm just imagining her other reviews, like <laughs> her reviewing Venom. <laughs> <laughs> no, no rosaries in Venom. Zero out of ten. <laughs> I sprinkled holy water on all of these critics, and they were so confused. During the climax of Venom, I got up in front of the screen and started sprinkling the screen with Venom water, praying loudly. I was asked multiple times to leave the theater. I did not. <laughs> Before the film started, I poured holy water into the fire extinguishers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Alright, well that was a long Metacritic corner, but it was a fucking good one. That was, that was really special for Classic. me. Well, that brings us to the end of this exciting episode about The Nun. Thank you, as always, for listening. Hypes up for fucking season two. Toot, 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 toot. Um, next week, uh, it's getting to be about that time. It's that spooky, scary time of the year we all love so much. And uh, it's finally time for Halloween 2018. Halloween is my birthday now, bitch. And Freddy not Kruger only do voice. I mean the the holiday Halloween 2018, but also the movie Halloween 2018, the long-anticipated sequel to John Carpenter's 1978 film that this one ignores all of the sequels. Bless. <laughs> the, even Halloween 2, which is a legitimately great film. But yeah, it's rewriting the whole canon and... Uh, we Coming out on my birthday. That's true. On the night. Halloween's my birthday now. <laughs> it's canon. It's canon. <laughs> uh, and I think it's fitting because for our Halloween episode last year, we talked about the original Halloween and the Rob Zombie remake and how fortuitous that on Halloween of season two, we're getting the next installment. Um, so check back next week for our thoughts on that. Um, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod. Um, check us out on Letterboxd, uh, letterboxd.com slash PodPeoplePod. For a list of all the films we've talked about on the show, our average ratings, and the links to those episodes. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Van Awesome. I'm at Mr. Sheets. Where can they find you, Cleve? Uh, I don't want to be found. I'm a lone wolf. No, you're an artist, and you want to plug yeah, all no, of your. Uh, please, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find you can find my portfolio on ArtStation as Cleveland Mosier. Uh, you can also um, I'm right now running the Twitter account, and by running I mean running into the ground. The Twitter <laughs> account, uh, Light Arc Studios, and um, that's about it right now, I guess. Yeah, um, big things happening on that front soon. Yes, we're, we're making progress on the demo, chugging indeed. away. Um, well, thank you as always for listening. Check back next week for Halloween 2018. I hope you're as excited as we are. Uh, I'm Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Ben Sheets. And I'm Cleveland Mosier. Have a spooky, spooky night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great.